Hello and welcome back to the Megan Till Midnight Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Roshak. In today's episode, I chat with Nicole Phillips and Raquel Phillips, the sister co-founders of Catch. In case you didn't already know, Catch is a styling service that brings you curated clothing options via text. In this episode, we really dig into what the service is and how it works, the world of fashion and how we shop is changing, and Catch really gets that. We also chat all about entrepreneurship and what it's like to start a business. You'll hear about the day-to-day startup life and what it all entails. I can't wait for you guys to hear Nicole and Raquel's insight and get to know them, so let's jump right in. If we could just hear a bit about each of you, who you are, what you have done, and what you currently do. Sure. So I will go first. Uh, my name is Nicole Phillips. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Catch. My former life, I was a fashion attorney. Yes, that is a thing. Um, and so I was working in the industry and really got to know the business side of it and also the legal side of it as well. So um, currently, I am fundraising which is a crazy but necessary process for when you're building a tech company. Um, And so Raquel is pretty much running the business, but when things go back to normal, I sort of oversee the technical component, really the back end of all of our systems, and then our brand relationships. So since I was in that world, I sort of know what a lot of these brands are looking for and, um, you know, just, just working on those, those, connections and reaching out to my network. So uh, yeah, that's pretty much my roles at Catch. And then just, you know, obviously coming up day to day, all of the crazy obstacles that we are faced with and just trying to put out fires. So, you know, typical life of a CEO. I can talk about myself. My name is Raquel Phillips. We are sisters. Um, I'm the baby. Nicole is years older, but I won't give that away. Wow. (laughs) Don't age me. (laughs) Sorry. I'm currently um, the COO, Chief Operating Officer of Catch. Um, In my past life, I worked in public accounting, which was not too much fun. Um, Worked at a big firm in New York City. It was a great place to start my career, but was happy to get out of the corporate world. And before that, I went to Babson College where I got my undergrad and master's in accounting. And Babson is really well-known business school, known for their entrepreneurship. I studied operations, business, accounting, pretty much anything you would need to know to start a company there. So Nicole came to me with a business idea and I was kind of the perfect partner to set her goals and visions in motion and execute on those. Um, That's kind of what I do as COO. I kind of just manage the day-to-day, especially right now, as Nicole mentioned, she's really fundraising 100% of the time. So I'm really just overseeing all of our team members and making sure that the business stays afloat, which is a hefty job, but- We're doing well. (laughs) we're doing well we're still alive um so that's good and then kind of on the on the flip side when things go back to normal I oversee the um the front end and the user experience side of catch with all of our stylists um and the marketing getting getting users um acquiring users so I love though hearing each of your backgrounds because it sounds like each of you were able to bring 
some like different things to the table. So it's kind of a perfect team then for starting up a business. Can you guys tell us more about Catch and what exactly it is? Yes. So Catch is a personal shopping experience via text message that is powered by your own interactions. So the way it works, pretty simple. A user will sign up directly on our website. They'll take a quick onboarding style quiz that asks just general information about types of clothes you like to wear, price points that you're comfortable with. And then a user will receive a welcome message. It'll kind of walk them through the service, what to expect, how to use the service. And then you will receive five product recommendations sent right to your phone three times a week. And displays really nicely all of these products from our from our brand partners you'll just see the image right there you can give each product recommendation a heart a thumbs up or a thumbs down to kind of give us that gut reaction of whether you loved the product liked it or disliked it and then we use that um, that immediate feedback to learn your style even more over time and improve your product recommendations I know I'm on my free trial right now. I had filled out the quiz. I thought it was super cool where you could select like images that you either liked or didn't like. It was almost like I instantly saw some of them and I was like, oh, that's something I have on my Pinterest board. So I could kind of connect with it that way, which I thought was really cool. And I love the services that are coming out that have like those kind of like personality quizzes and then also ask like, for an Instagram handle to kind of see then what's this person's style. Right. Yeah. With the, with the images, especially we found people don't usually know how to express their style in words. They'll see something and they'll like it, but they don't know what about it that they like. So the images is a really great way to capture that. And then, yeah, Instagram, I mean, the best way to figure out what someone likes to wear is just to look at what they wear and post images in. So yeah. One of the, one of the coolest things that we're doing, especially with Instagram is creating a social shopping network, but it's still in a private way. So the more friends of yours that also join catch and who also provide their Instagram, we can see that you follow one another and if you have similar styles, we can actually send in your recommendations a product and say, hey, one of your friends on Instagram just bought this or just loved this product. So you can kind of get an inside view into how your friends are shopping, but without it being open to the world. So we're really excited about the ability uh, to, to do that. And you know, some of the best recommendations come from people that you follow, people that you trust, people you look up to. And so we're able to capture that in a really, really easy and simple way for the user. No, that's really cool. And I can imagine too, it's probably useful to see like so-and-so follows like this blogger, this influencer, and then to get sent recommendations. Like I know a lot of people I follow are like fashion bloggers or do things like that. So it, I mean, it'd be super cool to get some of their outfit ideas sent right to me. Yeah, that's that's one of our marketing ideas is, you know, eventually we want to get a lot of these big influencers on cash as well. And so we can see, we have an inside look at, you know, what they're shopping, what they're clicking, what they're buying, so that if you follow that influencer as well, we can say, hey, 
we were what just purchased this and no only only you know that every all of her followers are going to have to wait until she actually posts a picture of her wearing it um but it's a really cool way for you to to get an inside look it's like you're following an influencer around a store and like seeing what shirts they're picking out and you're like that's really okay. cool yeah. yeah it kind of it kind of that reminds me of like the I remember seeing the YouTube cha- challenge where people were literally like following people around the store like buying whatever this person bought or like things like that like I like her style I'm gonna go see what she picks out so this exactly. is a nice, like, virtual way to do it that's not as like <laughs> not as creepy yeah, yeah. right <laughs> exactly especially like probably you know, quarantine perfect, quarantine safe, and all of that. So That's exactly right, sure. right? Keep your distance. Yeah, for sure. What inspired you two to start a business together? I know, Raquel, you said that Nicole had reached out to you, but what, I guess, started that idea, and how did you guys get together to build Catch? So when I was working in the industry, I was working on a lot of, you know, helping our, my clients negotiate and draft contracts and working on their trademark and copyright portfolios and sort of a lot of that boring stuff. But one thing that came across my desk often was um, these, these marketing strategies and their difficulty with attracting and retaining younger consumers um, because they were just shopping and behaving differently than other generations. They're very, very picky with where they spend their money they expect these experiences when they're shopping. They like personalization. They want to know who's behind the brand, what their mission is, what they stand for. Um, but they have really short attention spans. So trying to get in front of them and, and attract them was a difficult process for a lot of these retailers. And seeing, you know, having an inside look at that, on the flip side, I am a millennial myself. I've basically made my career in retail and fashion. And I sort of took a step back and said, wow, I, I actually hate shopping right now. This was the summer of 2018. You know, something that I love so much that I turned into my career, I kind of despise. It's just not fun anymore. It's so oversaturated online shopping, you know, and, and when I do want to spend money, it's going to be with a brand that I feel some connection with. So uh, I sort of took my two worlds and saw an opportunity that these brands weren't going to be able to solve themselves and that other services like Stitch Fix, Trunk Club were solving, but for an older generation, people who wanted to buy sort of sophisticated workwear as opposed to just fun, trendy things that you'd wear on the weekend going out with your friends. Um, And so I roped Raquel in and said, I have no idea how to start a business, but I think there's something here and no one is doing it the way that I envision. And Raquel was like, yeah, I'll help you. And then the more we got into the weeds, the more she wanted it kind of for herself and saw how excited everyone else was about it. And so we left our, we left our corporate jobs and here we are. Was there anything about fashion that you knew you wanted to pursue in the beginning? Um, maybe something that like sparked that interest and sparked that passion? Yes. Um, it's, it's kind of weird, weird to say. Um, I've always loved fashion, but I always felt like an outsider. So I always felt like I didn't have enough money to buy Gucci bags, but I really always appreciated it. And I always tried to be trendy, but I very much felt like 
an outsider looking in. So then I kept trying to break into that world. So I've always worked in, you know, even from high school, I would, you know, I was a manager at Theory and at the Helmut Lang store. And then I became an editor for a fashion publication. And I was going to New York Fashion Week and sitting alongside these amazing, you know, fashionistas and these uh, designers. And even then, I still felt like an outsider. It was very much a you can't sit with us. And I think that just made me want to break into the industry even more, just to sort of change it from the inside. Um, and it just, yeah, it just lit this fire in me of, you know, it's so unfair. Someone who loves this industry so much can be so, I don't know, people could be so um, cold to me. So it kind of is this thing where I, I want to change that and I want to make fashion and you know, styling more accessible to everyone. And that's sort of what we, we are, right? Where it's affordable luxury, right? It's only $5 versus some of the other personal stylists that are $180 an hour if you hire someone or Stitch Fix, which is, you know, $20 a month. So really that is at the core of why I am in sort of the fashion world. And then Raquel, was there anything that stuck out to you about fashion that gave you that same passion for it? Yes. Um, I will say just from the general business perspective, I catch is something that I absolutely needed. So as Nicole and I started working on it, I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs surprisingly don't like they aren't the target consumer that they build a business for. That's something that is unique with Nicole and I and is definitely it's made worlds difference because we actually use the product that we made and we are so passionate about the problem that we're trying to solve because we've lived through it. So that was what originally um, drove me to be really passionate about this and want to start this business. And in terms of fashion, I do not have nearly the, the fashion experience that Nicole has. Um, I, I like to think that I'm trendy and fashionable, but it really only got there in the past like year or so. <laughs> but I think like the biggest thing that- Thanks I, to Catch. About, <laughs> thanks to Catch. That I love about what we're doing is we are, the timing of it is, is so perfect. We're at the forefront of like a changing industry. And Nicole used to say like, this was gonna happen with fashion maybe in five to 10 years. And I think with, everything happening in the world. It just kind of was a catalyst and it's now happening right now. And as the type of company we are, you know, we get to choose all of the brands that we partner with. I think we have a great voice to be kind of the face of the future of fashion. You know, we are putting a lot of efforts into focusing on bringing on more sustainable brands or more, you know, female-owned brands or Black-owned brands, brands that typically haven't been able to see the light of day and, you know, companies like Stitch Fix or, or other personal services, you know, their whole thing is not to help their consumers discover really great brands to shop at. Um, and that's kind of another selling point that we, we honestly didn't start out like as that being part of, of our brand, but with everything going on in the world, you know, we realized that we should use this platform for, for good. And so that has kind of become one of our, our pillars is to really 
make our brand a conglomerate of the brands that we choose to partner with. So I love that about, about Catch and about what we're doing. No, I definitely, I love to hear that because I know for me and a lot of my friends, we do our research now as far as like who we're purchasing from or like who we're working with <laughs> to see, okay, are they inclusive? Like, do they support like women-owned businesses, black-owned businesses? And a lot of people are starting to do more of that homework. Once you realize like, oh wait, I'm like, <laughs> I'm buying this, but who is this actually profiting? Then mm -hmm. it starts to click and you almost start to then do almost the like test before you buy from any brand. What were some of the highs and lows when you guys were getting catch just started and when it was like just starting up? Oh man, there were so many. <laughs> Where to start? Um, I think some of the just obvious highs of being an entrepreneur and starting your own business is the freedom and flexibility that you have that comes along with it. You don't have to sit in an office for, well, I worked in public accounting, so it was not a nine to five. It was like a nine to nine. Um, and even now I work more than that, but it's, it's the flexibility of you really make your own hours. You make your own tasks. Like it's, it's very flexible and, and it's great in that sense. Um, that's also one of the hardest parts because there, it just doesn't go away. There's no like shutting it off. You know, we are the owners of our own business. So it's not like when we sign off for the day, we get to just think about something else. It's kind of like the business is, is always on your mind. So that's definitely a tricky part. Um, but I think as, you know, as an early stage startup, that's kind of, you know that you're getting into that. And at least for the first couple of years, getting it off the ground, it is like 99% of your thoughts and efforts are going to be going to making sure this business succeeds. But that's what they say about entrepreneurs is like, we work like hundreds of hours a week for a short amount of time. So later on in our lives, we don't have to work that much longer. So that is definitely the motto that I'm living by. Not sure about you, Nicole, but yeah. Yes, me as well. So every day there's <laughs> dozens of highs and lows. Um, you know, coming from the legal industry where everything down to salaries are transparent and they're lockstep and they are pre-established. Um, you know, if you work at a big law firm and you graduated this year, everyone makes this amount of money and there's just no room for flexibility. Coming in, Raquel and I, you know, we, we talk to some of these brands and we can decide what the partnership is going to look like. You know, it doesn't have to just be for monetary compensation. You know, we can get as creative as we possibly can. And it's, it's inspiring and just different. And it's, it's really, really wonderful. And it, it allows your creative juices to sort of flow and it allows you to see just what you're capable of. And I think that's, it's, I think it's awesome, but there's obviously a lot of lows, for example, you know, you have to be really quick, pivot, you need to listen to your user, um, you know, everything that you 
you think it's hard because you're building what you you think users want but you also need to make sure that you're testing that and that you're actually building what people want otherwise it's going to be a nice beautiful product but it's not going to be sustainable or, or forever um so yeah it's just you, you know you kind of have to you have to run slowly or you have to walk fast i can't remember what that saying is but you have to move quickly and slowly at the same time and it's just sometimes so maddening but also exhilarating yeah no it definitely sounds like quite a balancing act because on one hand you have all of the things that you envision and that you see and then it's like okay wait i have to see this from the <laughs> consumer point of view now and then if you want to throw in a third dimension of just investors that just say no all the time, right? And then you have to throw in that feedback and you have to figure out which, you know, which ones to weed out and which ones are actually making really valid points. It's, it's a lot to juggle, but you have to be, I think discernment is a really, really big, important skill that any founder needs to have. You need to know when to go with your gut and you need to know when to take good advice and sort of what is good and sound advice. For sure. Definitely being able to kind of take all that information in and then do what is best at the end of the day. But I mean, with all that, there is a great reward at the end to be able to have catch and, you know, to be able to put everything into it. What does, I know everyone's schedule sounds pretty busy, but what does a typical day in each of your shoes look like? I imagine it's pretty different, but kind of just what are some of those daily things that you're up to? My day right now is filled with Zoom calls. I am talking to investors all day long. So I usually start around, I'll usually get up between 7, 7.30, answer some um, emails, send out some cold emails to investors that I otherwise don't have any connections to. And then I would say between 9 and 4 p.m., some days I have up to seven Zoom calls and they can be between 15 minutes to an hour. And I'm often times presenting and pitching and it is super draining. But scattered in between there, um, Raquel and I always connect at least once a day. We have team meetings at least once a week with different members of our team. Um, and then I hate to say it, but I'm usually working until 10 p.m. at, at least. And 10 o'clock is uh, between probably like 8 and 10 is when I'm um, following up on emails, thanking everyone that I met for that day, um, getting ready for pitches for the next day. So when they say fundraising is a full-time job, they are not kidding. <laughs> so that's what my days look like um, sort of currently. Yeah, I'm tired just hearing you say all of that. <laughs> um, yeah, my day is pretty similar in terms of a lot of meetings and calls. I'd say about half of my time or like a third of my time is just management of our team. We have pretty stacked team at this point. We have like 10 team members um, between like marketing interns or um, stylists. So managing everyone and making sure everyone is 
doing um, doing their jobs and, and getting everything done. And then the other half um, is really just day-to-day -day running the business, um, making sure our financials are, are set, um, running our QuickBooks account. That's my, my accounting background comes into play there. Um, making sure our active users are happy. We spend a lot of time just thinking about our users and how to make them happier. Um, collecting you know, data, whether it's feedback from our active users or reaching out to um, people who have started filling out our style quiz and then they dropped off. We always reach out to um, see what happened there. Um, and then brand partnership outreach as well. Um, Nicole kind of leads this when she's not fundraising full time, but that's um, one part of our business that we're really trying to grow and develop. So I'm learning a lot about like sales and sales outreach and takes a lot of filling the funnel at the top to get any conversions at the bottom, which is frustrating, but I'm learning that's all part of the process. So another fun thing about just running a business is you learn a lot because you have to, at one point, wear every single hat before you hire someone to do the skills that you're not good at. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it definitely sounds busy, but it definitely sounds interesting. And I don't think you have much time to get bored at all <laughs> with definitely that schedule. <laughs> um, but no, it's, it's cool to envision kind of what you guys are up to behind the scenes. I know on a very surface level, anyone that visits the website or visits the Instagram page is like, oh, they're probably just like looking at fashion catalogs and like they're posting these pretty pictures. I but wish. yeah. What has surprised each of you the most about your journey with Catch so far? Is there anything that's really stuck out to you? Yeah, there's, there's a couple ways I could answer. I think the most surprising, and this is just top of mind because I'm, I'm talking to a lot of investors currently, is that, and this, doesn't, this probably doesn't just apply to startups, but there are so many intelligent individuals with a lot of experience that will give you complete different forms of advice. And some of them, it's from their own personal experience. Some of them, you know, it's from books that they've read from other successful founders. And at the end of the day, I'm actually so glad that I did not go to business school because if I did, I feel like I would be, sorry, Raquel, but I feel like I would be trying to fit catch into some model that someone has written a book on and tried to replicate when I think if you want to be really, really, really successful, you need to break the mold and you need to not even know where the bounds lie so that you're not even getting sidetracked by them. Um, you know, so I, I hear a lot, of, of feedback on, oh, this is just the way you're supposed to do it. These are, you know, this is how you measure it. Like you have to do this before you do that. And if that's just not the way my brain works, then that's just not the way that I'm going to do things. And um, it's just very surprising that some of these, they're just such smart people and that I respect and I look up to can offer just complete different views on something um, 
it's like no one can agree, but I guess that that's not so, that's not so surprising, but um, definitely, definitely interesting. No, I can connect that to, um, I work part-time in radio too. It's so funny the differences of opinion people have on who's good on air and who's not. You'll probably hear every single DJ in the industry say a good thing and a bad thing, and they're talking about the same people. Like, there's no, like, standard of, so many things are just up in the air. So that is funny to hear that. <laughs> yeah, so you just got to go with your gut. And, exactly. Um, yeah, that'll, yeah, it's, yeah, that's really, that's really funny and, and interesting that you can correlate it to, to that industry. Yeah, I, I thought of something. I feel like it kind of goes along with what Nicole said, but not really. Um, most surprising thing that I've learned, and I'm still learning, and I'm just going to go out and say it, is that nobody actually knows what the heck they're doing. <laughs> Took me a really long time to realize that some people just are really good at saying things. No one Okay, unless you have like many, many years of experience, you've probably learned a thing or two. Most of the people you talk to like don't know what they're talking about. And that goes to like everyone will give you some kind of advice and they'll give their opinion and that's great. Some of them probably really smart. Others probably just like to talk and hear themselves talk and they'll say things. And took me a long time to learn that. I spent like the first six months of starting a business like hanging on every word someone told me. And then I started learning things myself and realizing like a lot of people don't know what they're doing. And I, I don't either yet, but I'm, I'm learning that. And I'm learning to, to walk the walk of just like, you know, say, just say it. And if you say it in a good, strong way, people will, will listen to you. So Take that's, it. The secret. that's the secret. Fake it till you make it always exactly literally that's the name of the game <laughs> yes definitely confidence is key <laughs> just kind of i think too so much of business and so much of like almost every industry is just getting in there and learning it hands-on because that's how you really start to develop like okay here's what i believe you know here's my strategy and here's what i'm bringing to the table what are you guys most excited for when you think about the future of Catch? There's a lot of things that I'm excited for, especially coming up. One is growing this ambassador program that, Megan, you are a new ambassador. So congratulations. Thank you. We are, we're just really excited about spreading the word and awareness to college young women. I wish when I was in college, I had something like this. We love the social aspect that we're able to deliver. And we really want to make shopping fun the way it used to be. I feel like when we were growing up, we would all go to the mall together and it was this like fun social, social thing. And now everything is digitized and it is isolated and you know, separated. Now we have to go to all these different websites at once. We have really, really big plans for catch and I, I won't sort of give them away, but we want to create a 360 degree seamless shopping experience 
for all users and plug in sort of the social element that our target users are engaging with all day anyway with their friends. And um, we do have a lot of tricks up our sleeves on how we're gonna do that. But I think it, it really starts with these ambassadors and you know, sort of our frontline um, women who are going out there and telling their friends and really helping us bring awareness to, um, to these college campuses on what we're doing and why we're doing it and why it's awesome. So I'm very, very excited about that. Yeah, I totally echo that. Um, even just now in our, you know, modest little user base that we have, you know, if we send someone a product that they absolutely love, they'll text us back and they'll be like, oh my God, love this, just bought it. Like, thank you so much. It's like that little excitement that we can bring in someone's day. I'm really excited to see that on a larger scale as we continue to grow. And I just feel like there is, there's a lot more that we can, that we can do with Catch. Um, and Nicole mentioned, we do have some plans for the future, um, but I'm really excited to see where that goes. And I think one of the best things about what we're doing with like a text first product is we're really building Catch alongside our users, you know, rather than raising millions of dollars and building a product and then getting it out into the market, we're literally building it hand in hand, asking our users, okay, what do you, what do you want to see next? Like, what do you wish we could implement? And then we're taking that feedback and we're adding that to our service. So I'm excited to see how it grows and how, you know, our users continue to respond to it. And I'm just excited for catch to be in the hands of many more people because it's freaking awesome and I can't wait for people to try it out. And I do think it's really awesome that you guys are like growing with the community. So I think that there's so much more like than ownership and like personalness involved in catch. So that is really cool. All about that personal experience. So yeah, because just like, like that. of being able to like text an actual stylist like is awesome and probably something that I don't think before hearing about catch I've ever <laughs> been thought to do that it's just been like oh I'm gonna text my friends and see if this outfit looks good before we go out <laughs> right yeah we're we're your little shopper right on your phone is there anything that you guys could pinpoint maybe from college or previous jobs that you've had that has been super helpful or influential in getting you guys to where you are now and maybe things that have just helped you along the way with building catch that stick out like I'm glad I learned that lesson before because now I'm prepared on this journey. Yeah I would say in college I was super active and involved and I'm glad that I was because I feel like I learned you know, the skills don't directly translate from like starting, I started like a student organization um, while I was at Babson. It doesn't like directly translate to starting a business, but it was many of the same things. I had to come up with a budget and pitch to the student government and convince them to give me $10,000 to hold a tailgate. True story. And I got it. So that was cool. Um, 
and definitely like leader experience that I had throughout college. Um, I was the president of my sorority for a year, which was fun. Also a nightmare running a chapter of like 70 college girls, but it was, it was great experience. I mean, being a leader and managing people is not a skill that people are just born with. You really have to like just get that hands-on experience and it's tough to like be a good leader. Um, you know, it's, it's easy to just have the power and tell people what to do, but that's not the kind of leader that you want to be. Um, so I definitely like learned a lot throughout that year, just of managing relationships with these girls who were my friends and my sorority sisters, but I also had to be in this leadership position and, you know, kind of be strict with rules. Um, but that's been really helpful just from the standpoint of now, you know, we're hiring interns and employees and it's kind of the same thing, you know, I don't want to be just like their boss. I want to be their friend and, and you got to manage those relationships. Um, so those, those two experiences, I feel like were amazing in terms of like gathering skills that have definitely helped where I'm at now. I think having been a litigation attorney was really helpful in a number of ways, but probably the most helpful is what would happen is I would get a case across my desk and it would be this mega contract between two very sophisticated, amazing companies that they drafted and negotiated when they were all excited about going to business with one another and they just were, it was almost like a marriage. Like they, they were like, nothing is ever going to go wrong. We love you guys. We, this is going to be so successful. And then one thing leads to another and they didn't have the, they, they didn't have the sort of future looking or the sort of wearing the risk and liability hat that they should have at the beginning so that something wasn't in the contract where, you know, they, they didn't anticipate something would have happened and they just really only thought about all the good stuff that could happen and not the negative. And that's where companies get into a lot of trouble. So from that, I sort of took away that you always need to be thinking about the end at the beginning. And I am obsessed with visuals and road mapping and the 30,000 view strategy and making sure that I can see how all the pieces to the puzzle fit because that is how I can determine if something goes awry, these are our outs and these are our other options and this is what we can sort of save and keep going on that path. I have a very hard time and I think it's from this litigation experience, I have a very hard time seeing Barry in the, much in the short future. And this is why Raquel and I are such a good team because she looks very much at the numbers and at snapshot in time. And she's always thinking about metrics and these, you know, sort of short goals. She also thinks about big goals, but, you know, she's always tracking and measuring things in real time. And I am, I am like the big thinker, like, but why are we doing this? Where are we going? How is this going to help us down the line? Um, 
And I, yeah, I, I think that was just, I, I didn't have that skill before becoming a litigation attorney, but I think it's very, very important and you're doing your, yourself a disfavor if you are not thinking about the end at the beginning. And I think that's awesome that you two are able to kind of play off of each other and work through that together. It definitely is helpful to have someone that is going to ask questions about the now and someone that's going to ask questions about the future. And I know even um, the discussion about leadership made me think about student government. I was VP at um, my previous two-year university. So I was VP of our student government. One of my like best friends was president. And we definitely had kind of that similar relationship where I was like, okay, let's focus. What are the tasks we got to get to now? And they were definitely very much forward looking. So we were able to work together really well in that way. So I love that. It's the best partnership. You, you need both sides of it. And it's very hard for the same person to have both of those mindsets. It's, it's rare. Oh yeah. And there's so much too to like strategically think about that it would be so overwhelming to be one person thinking about the now and future. And then, oh, also we have to keep the history as well. So <laughs> there's just so many parts of it. So it is enough. awesome to have a team in that. Yeah. Yeah. There's not enough brain capacity to hold all of that. What advice would you guys give to any aspiring entrepreneurs or people thinking about possibly building a business in the future? I think the biggest advice I would say is while it's important to plan, and this hurts me saying because I am a planner, while it, it's good to plan, you really just have to take action because you'll get caught in just a planning mode and you'll never feel ready because honestly, when it comes to starting a business, you are never actually going to be ready to take that leap of faith. So action really does trump all. There is some planning you can and should do before you do take that action. Um, but yeah, like you just have to take action. You're not going to feel ready, but that's also the name of the game. So I would say if someone wants to start a business or become an entrepreneur, you really just have to do it. Take that leap of faith. I would say find networks where there are a lot of other entrepreneurs and founders hanging out as well, because it can feel very lonely and it could feel like you are the only person out there doing it, especially if your entire career and your life is around other individuals who are, you know, made careers in sort of the more professional and corporate world. But there are a lot of them out there. And if you can find Slack channels or Facebook groups, or, you know, there's, there's a lot of great platforms, just go in there and just read other people who feel the same way as you. you it's very easy to get inspired and get that excitement. And I think it's really important to see that you would not, you're not, you're not alone. And it, it just makes the process less scary. I think that's great advice. And the power of Facebook groups is something I really didn't realize until probably like earlier this year. Uh, I know when I started a podcast, I found you literally just search keywords in Facebook and you'll probably find a group for it. Yep. Um, I'm part of 
a lot of really amazing Facebook groups full of like podcasters, full of bloggers and, you know, just people that are creating content and creating some really amazing things. And when I started on this journey, I definitely, you go into it and you almost think like, okay, it's just me, you know, working in this space. This is what I'm doing. And then you realize, whoa, there's a huge community out there. So I think that's great to realize, you know, take advantage of your communities that are near you, but also there's tons of people online that are going to be interested in what you're doing. And you're probably going to be interested to hear their story as well. Are there any books or podcasts that you guys are listening to right now that maybe have to do with entrepreneurship business or are, is there any content that you consumed that really inspired you along your journey? How I wrote this by Guy, Guy Raz, is it? Guy Raz, yeah. He, it's the best. Love that podcast. It's all about, um, like very, very famous founders and their stories of how they built their companies. Um, and there's tons more. Um, I also loved the, the book Girl Boss by Sophia Amoruso. I hope I didn't butcher that. Um, she gives really great advice in that book. And it's also just humbling hearing her story literally started out by selling like vintage clothes and she's such a boss now. Um, and just as like general resource, I would say if you are actually, I think, I don't know if it's just open to females, but the girl boss network, um, definitely go on that. You can find just, it's another just community. Um, and you can find a lot of awesome other people who, you know, podcasts and, and books and stuff are awesome, but also just other people are, are great resources too. So I find a lot of people on, on Girlboss that I just like connect with. Yeah. I love how I built this. I mean, there are so many great startup podcasts. There's also a lot of great YouTube videos from, you know, I know the guys at Y Combinator have a lot of great content out there on YouTube that anything from how to understand convertible note debt to, you know, how to pitch. There's so many great resources out there. Right now I'm reading a book called Running Lean. It's by Ash Mar Maria. I'm never buttering that. Um, you know, a lot of people talk about the lean startup as a book to read, but the lean startup is more theory heavy as opposed to step-by-step -step process of how to actually build lean. And so this book, Running Lean, is very much a step-by-step. -step. Like, this is the process you should do. It's, it's, you almost read it chapter at a time. Um, so whatever chapter you're at, it's like, these are the things that you should do. This is how you measure it. And once you've gotten to you know, this score, then move on to the second chapter. And it's very much a, a walkthrough and I appreciate that. I like thinking in, in those, those steps. So um, great resource, especially for people who are iterating and um, testing things early before they've sort of found that product market fit. And I definitely like the idea of um, consuming content that's more applicable, I guess. Cause like you were saying something that's more step-by-step -step, and then the girl boss book, I read that and I absolutely love it. And that's 
such a personal story and she gets into specifically like what she did and how she got started. So I think it's really cool to be able to hear about those experiences and then how you can apply those things in your own life. Um, because I mean, when some people talk about their experiences, it's like, okay, that's really awesome. But it's like, how, how can I do that? Or like, how is that attainable? Um, so I do appreciate resources that like really get into it. Same. I really do too. Is there anything else that either of you would like to add? Just that if anyone has ever thought about or tried a subscription box and they're interested in, you know, just a a better and more fun, engaging way to shop, I would say give Catch a try. If you love it, then great. We're so happy. If you don't, we would love to know why so that we can improve and make it better for the users that sign up after you. Um, but yeah, we are really excited about sort of disrupting this market. And it's just amazing and incredible that two sisters without a technical background were able to, you know, in this day and age, build, build this. And so it just goes to show that you can build whatever you want. It's 2020. And, uh, you know, if, if you have an idea, do it because the world probably needs it. I will just say if any of your listeners are aspiring entrepreneurs and want to chat, Nicole and I are, are more than happy to do that. I think talking to fellow founders who are like a year ahead of us has been the most helpful thing because they literally just went through everything that we're going through. Um, so happy to offer the knowledge that I think I've learned over the past year to anyone who, who's interested. Well, thank you guys. Um, where can we find you after this? Any socials you want to shout out and where can we find catch? Yes. Uh, you can find us on social media at join catch across everything, although we are most active on Instagram. Um, and you can sign up for catch either on our Instagram as well. We have a link in our bio or on our website, which is joincatch.com. Well, thank you guys for being on the podcast. I really enjoyed having you. And I think you shared some amazing insight that people can definitely use and people can go out there and kind of get started on their own passions as well. Thank you for thank having you us. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you so much for listening. You can keep up with me in between episodes on Instagram at Megan.Roshak is my personal account. And then at Megan Till Midnight Pod is the show page. I'm always posting tons of fun new content up on there. So be sure to check it out. Also, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, if you could rate, review, and subscribe, I would really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to chatting with you guys all next, next week.